Well, as Tricia said earlier, today is the last day of the summer in the Psalms, a series that we have been working on. And I really do hope you've enjoyed the study. And you can see not only are the words in the book of Psalms God's words to us, it's inspired by all those psalmists who wrote it, but they also can be our words to God. We can pray the psalms. We can sing the psalms like we did today with as the deer panteth for the water. The psalms are such a powerful, powerful book. And we've only scratched the surface. I could probably, and you'll roll your eyes and say, no, please don't do it. But I could probably preach a hundred more sermons on the psalms because they renew me. They inspire me so much. This morning's psalm that we're going to look at is no exception. In fact, when I was a teenager in the 80s, um, I used to love to take a summer road trip. Maybe you've done that. When I grew up in Michigan, we would either do a summer road trip driving up north to northern Michigan, or we would drive down to Cedar Point. And before we hit the road, because this was back in the old technology of cassette tapes, before we hit the road, we would always make a mixtape to kind of to play in our little cassette players as we made that road trip. And so I would always make sure that I had Journey for my journey or Survivor or Bon Jovi on my little mixtape and I would listen to that as I drove along the highway or that highway to up north or down to Cedar Point. Well, Psalm 121 is the Christian's mixtape for the road trip of life. This psalm is our music for the highways of this world, a soundtrack of praise for the journey that we're all on today. You see, Psalm 121 is one of 15 psalms that are known as the Psalms of Ascent. Now, you might say, well, what is a psalm of ascent? I'm glad you asked. They are supposedly what the Jewish people would sing when they made their journey to worship at Jerusalem during one of the three annual festivals, which was Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of the Tabernacle. A lot of times, the Jews would sing these songs when they were returning from captivity from Babylon, going back to Jerusalem. In fact, we even learned that some of the priests would sing these psalms when they walked up into the temple. So what that means for us is that As we journey this road trip called life, we can sing these psalms like Psalm 121 and know that we have help and supplies for the journey. These songs were all about going up because you always went up to Jerusalem. You always were, were going to that higher ground. And that is what is true for us. In our journey through life, We should be growing in our faith. We should be going up. And so Psalm 121 is a magnificent, majestic psalm of ascent that can help us and provide the melody, the soundtrack for our road trip and journey. It takes us from the lowlands of our present conditions to the higher place that God has called each of us. It is a spectacular psalm, and it reminds us that our help comes from the Lord, God alone, and not ourselves, not our resources, 
or even this world. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. In fact, I'd like us, there's only eight verses, so it's not very long. I'd like us to read these words on the screen together, uh, just as a praise to the Lord today. Psalm 121, our soundtrack for life. Let's read it together. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. That is the word of God for the people of God. Let's thank God together. Praise be to God. You may be seated. Lane McKeel was a senior adult who ventured out of his house during the pandemic to get supplies from his local grocery store in Georgetown, Tennessee. He had been shut in like many of us for a while, but his disability check finally came, finally arrived, and he was able to go to the store and get some much needed supplies. At the checkout, McKeel put all of his items on the, uh, on the, on the checkout stand, and as the, the, the total added up, he panicked and realized that he was $33 short. And maybe you've been there. I've done it where I have just a little bit of cash with me and, and I get these supplies and I'm a little bit short. So what Lane started to do was start to put some of those things back so that he could stay within his budget. But the 17-year-old cashier, and she was iconically named Elizabeth Taylor, she actually took out her purse and paid the $33 out of her own money to help Lane out. And when she was asked, why did you do that? She said, I've seen so many people who are struggling during this pandemic. I've seen so many people that are having a hard time even to get the essentials needed to get through what we're going through. She said, I just could not, I could not let him put things back that he needed. I wanted to help him, help him. And I'll I'll tell you, a lot of times, life catches us short. Sometimes we find ourselves, like Lane, in difficult situations, and we don't have enough resources, and it's embarrassing and a little uncomfortable to ask for help. Yet, we all need help in times of crisis along life's journey. And as we read in Psalm 121, we can hear the pilgrim psalmist say, Lord, which, once again, all capital letters, so it's Yahweh, I need help. I need guidance. I need supplies for my journey. As we look at the psalm, we can glean four dynamic truths about the help that God allows us and provides us along life's journey. The first truth is 
God is just as present in the journey of life as he is in the destination. I remember when Evan was young, whether we were going to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina for a family vacation, or we were going up to Ford Field for a Packers-Lions game, he would sit in the back seat of the car, and he would be good for a little while, maybe a half hour, 45 minutes or so. But then about an hour down the road, he would ask that, that obligatory question. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And it seemed like almost every half hour or so along our little trip, Evan would ask that question. Of course, Sherry and I would say, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. And it would become so annoying, but he would do it all the time. Many times in life, we want to rush to the next destination. We want to graduate high school. We want to get that degree. We want to get married. We want to have kids. We want to have grandkids or great-grandkids. Many times, we are in that whole mode of, are we there yet? Looking at the destination and not enjoying the journey. We should slow down so that we can let the journey prepare us for the destination. In fact, as Christians, a lot of times, we become so focused on heaven, the destination, the ultimate destination, that we forget that God has called us to serve him during our earthly journey here. Psalm 121 reminds us that we can look forward to heaven, but God is with us in the here and now on earth. And he is going to provide us the resources, the help, the supplies we need during this pilgrimage. Make no mistake, if God is helping us in this journey, and Psalm 121 confirms that, then there is joy in the journey. I can't wait for heaven. I long to be there with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I long to embrace my mother who I lost when she was 61 years old. But God is helping me in the here and now, providing, guiding, confiding, directing me, and God's help right here today gives me joy in the journey. Look at what the psalmist writes. I will lift my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Once again, the psalmist is looking toward the Lord, Yahweh, who is the maker of heaven and earth. You see, our God is not too great that he doesn't help us or care for us. And we are not too small to receive God's help or care for us during this journey. I love the imagery of hills. Have you ever considered how many times great things happened in the Bible on hills or mountains? Think of Mount Moriah, where God spared the sacrifice of Isaac when Abraham was obediently doing what God told him to do. That was a pretty amazing thing. Mount Sinai, where God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. The Mount Transfiguration, where Jesus reveals his glorified self to his disciples. Mount Carmel, where Elijah took on 450 prophets of Baal. And God, Yahweh, the maker of heaven and earth, won that battle. And we will never forget how history turned in one Friday afternoon, 
where Jesus died on the cross on Mount Calvary so that we could be saved. There are many glorious things that happened on mountains and hills in the Bible. But also, the hills were dangerous. A lot of times, marauders, animals, even, they, even the mountains or the hills were considered the high places where pagan idolatry happened. And so many times, the mountains were feared or forbidden. The psalmist looks to the hills, looks to the mountains, but then he doesn't stop there. He looks up to God, the maker of the hills and the mountains. And that's where he finds his help. You see, God watches and keeps us through the sunny passages of day as well as the darker treks through forests of night in this life journey. No matter what we face, whether it's joy or danger, we can trust and rest assured that God, the maker of heaven and earth, the creator of the hills, the creator of the mountains, the creator of you and me, can help you in anything you are facing. The second truth we learn from this psalm is that we learn God provides us footing, good footing during this pilgrimage of life. He will not let your foot slip. He will watch over you and not even slumber. That is what we learn from the psalm. We read about it earlier. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Let's remember, this psalmist who is writing the psalm of ascent, the psalm for the journey, remember back then, they didn't have planes, trains, and automobiles to get to Jerusalem. They, and even though many times they would use pack animals like donkeys, we know that that's what happened with Mary and Joseph when they went to Bethlehem. But even though they might use those pack animals, most of the time, the journey was taken by foot, by foot. And so having good footing was essential to the journey. Take it from me, a person who tries to hike. If you don't have good footing, you are in a world of danger. And God tells the psalmist, the psalmist praises God because God will not let your foot slip during this journey. And think of how many scriptures, not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, talk about walking or standing and having good footing. Look at Ephesians 5, chapter, chapter 5, verses 1 through 2. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk... In the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Walk in the way of love. You need good footing if you're walking in the way of love. One of my favorite verses, Ephesians 6.11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. Your foot's not going to slip when you're taking your stand against the devil's schemes. That is a, an assurance that we will not slip or stumble if God is helping us. There's another magnificent, incredible Hebrew word, and I know I throw these at you a couple of times, but I really love this word. The word is shamar, and it actually occurs six times in Psalm 121. A lot of times it's translated as watch or keep or preserve or protect. And it, it really gives us this idea, this 
Hebrew word picture of a watchman sitting on the wall, looking over the city. He is watching the city. He is protecting the city both day and night. And those watchmen could never fall asleep. Even if they got tired, they could never fall asleep because they were charged with their life to protect and watch and keep and preserve. That's the word shamar that the psalmist uses six times in Psalm 121. What does that mean for us? Our God never takes a, takes a break to take a nap. He doesn't take a little siesta while he's watching. He is always looking over us. He is always protecting because you are precious to him. And that's what the psalmist tells us, that you will be watched. Your foot will not slip, and he will keep watch over you, even during the third watch or the, 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 the dark night, he will keep watching you. Third truth that we learn about the help that God provides us is that God will protect and preserve, once again, that word is shamar, both day and night. God only protects us twice a day, day and night. That's another way for the psalmist to say, God protects us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 365 days a year, and even during leap year, God is protecting and preserving us. And we see that with, the, with verses 5 through 6. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. I love that he talks about both day and night, God is protecting us. Now, let's be honest. The brutal rays and heat of the sun in the Middle East could easily assault and assail the traveler to Jerusalem. There's something about, and I even seen it this summer, where we've had a lot of heat this summer. There's something about finding a nice shade to rest and kind of catch your breath from the heat of the day. That is what God provides all of us who put our trust in him. On that brutal sun, heat of the day, God provides his shade for the, journey, the pilgrim that is following the Lord and accepting the help that he gives. The psalmist doesn't stop there, though. He talks about the moon by night. He's per, God is protecting us even from the moon at night. And you might say, well, Pastor Ed, I get the sun being kind of dangerous in the Middle East. It was kind of dangerous this summer, even in Ohio. But the moon, come on, what's so dangerous about the moon? Remember in ancient times, there was a lot of superstitions and fears that surrounded the moon. They believed you could be moonstruck. We even get our word lunacy from the word lunar, which relates to the moon. There was always this fear of darkness, and the night was very dangerous for people traveling because there were wild animals, bandits, and robbers that they could be assaulted by. We can have confidence that God's going to keep us safe both day and night. And the good times or the times where you feel exhausted and battered by the heat of life and even in the darkness where you feel alone and scared and fearful. The fourth and final truth that we see in Psalm 121 is that God will watch over your life both now and forevermore. I, once again, you see that word watch 
That's that Hebrew word shamar used again. And the psalmist is saying, God is watching you like that watchman on the wall right now, here today, but also for all eternity. We see it in these verses 7 through 8. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. You see, the psalmist is saying the Lord, and once again, it's all capital, so it's Yahweh, it's the covenant keeper, the promise keeper. God has promised to keep you no matter what you're going through. Even if evil arises, he's going to keep you from that evil. He is going to keep you right now, even until eternity. There is, and I love how the psalmist says, the Lord shall. He shall. The Lord shall. He doesn't say the Lord may. He doesn't say the Lord might. He doesn't even say the Lord probably will keep you or preserve you. No. He says, the Lord shall. There is no hint of doubt that God is a promise keeper, that he is truly Yahweh, that covenant keeper, who says he will keep you and help you. And the verses 7 and 8 are such a comprehensive promise of God. You see, the psalmist says he is going to keep you when you're going out and when you're coming in both now and forevermore. That phrase, you're going out and you're coming in, is a Hebrew idiom for the activities of life. Maybe you've gone out to church today, and then you're going to be coming into your home this afternoon. God's going to preserve you. He's going to keep you in those activities of life. Maybe you're coming in to the hospital, and then you're going out to a doctor's appointment. God's going to keep you in that situation as well. His promise is no matter what you're going through, God will keep you. And then not only for this journey on the earth, he says both now and forevermore. Too many people think that life journey, life's journey is only womb to tomb. But we know as Christians that life is eternal. One way or the other, even when they lay you to rest, you will live on and you will have an eternal destination. The promise of God is that if you are trusting in him, if you are asking for help from him, if you are looking to the hills and looking to him for your help, he will keep you both now and forevermore. That's what we see in Psalm 121. Now, please, don't make the mistake of doing what many people do. We need to understand these scriptures, Psalm 121, like we understand all of God's word. We need to understand the totality of biblical revelation and not buy into this lie that if you're a Christian, then nothing bad will ever happen to you. We hear this a lot from the prosperity preachers. If you accept Jesus, you'll become healthy and wealthy and wise. Maybe, but maybe not. In fact, if this were true, then our churches would be filled each and every Sunday because people would want to avoid the bad things of life. But we understand what the Bible tells us. We live in a sinful world, and there are consequences to a world that is marred by sin. Because of sin, we live in a world with disease, death, 
and evil. So the psalmist isn't saying that if you look to the hills and you cry out to God for your help, he's going to protect you from all that stuff that we deal with in this world. What the psalmist is saying is, God is with us, even, and even if he does not preserve us from a difficult situation, then he will preserve us in that difficult situation. So think of that. Even though he might not preserve us from cancer, he might not preserve us from diabetes, he might not preserve us from all those difficult situations, when you're going through that storm of life, he preserves you in that situation. I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? The maker of heaven and earth. And he will preserve me in that situation that I'm dealing with. I know what it means when you feel broken, when you feel damaged and depressed and abandoned. And it's really hard in that situation to praise God in that storm of life. You guys know, I was in Cleveland Clinic for almost three months, in and out for three months this year. And there were so many times where I just felt like I was abandoned. I felt like I was struggling. I was in this storm of life, and it was so hard to praise God in that difficult situation. The storm was raging. The winds were tossing me about, and the waves were drowning me in the sorrow of my circumstances. But even in the midst of that, I decided to, to praise God in that storm. Despite my pain, despite any of that stuff, I decided to praise God. I told you a couple times early this year that during that storm, when I started to praise God, and I was in this miserable situation, God would bring things to my mind. He brought Psalm 4610 from my friend Paul Rennick, that we should be still and know that God is God. There were times in that storm when I started praising him that he would bring things to my phone. Jamie Troutman shared with me, the king has one more move, and that encouraged me. But I remember, and this was after my second surgery, they had torn the tape off my face. I had these huge scars. In fact, I was looking this morning. I still have those scars a little bit on my face, showing that I was battered. I was tattered from the storm I was going in. And it was really easy for me to go into this downward depression and just say, woe is me. But I decided to praise God in the storm. I decided to look to the hills, to the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, and praise him. And I remember one night I was doing that, and this was in June, and suddenly a memory on my phone popped up. Now, what's interesting was when I praised God in the storm, he didn't suddenly heal my stomach. He didn't suddenly make my ureter repaired without surgery. No. But in that storm, he preserved me in it. Maybe not from it, but he preserved me in it. As I sat in the bed that night, a memory, and sometimes you'll get this on your phone, a memory popped up. And the memory that popped up on my phone was this picture. And immediately, I remembered what happened. A year ago, not June 2023, but June 2022, Evan graduated from high school. 
And he was at the senior gathering, and they were asking all these questions. And one of the questions they asked each graduate was, who has influenced you the most in your life? And a lot of the people would say a teacher or a coach or a pastor. And when the microphone got to Evan, he said, my dad has influenced me more than anyone in my life. He has poured into me. He has done so much to help me become the person I am today. And then he looked me in the eye from that stage and he said, thank you, Dad. Here I am in the Cleveland Clinic in the storm of life that I just have no hope and I'm struggling. And God, the maker of heaven and earth, allowed this memory to pop up on my phone. And I just praised God for that. Even though I was in physical pain, even though I was hurting, God was telling me, I'm preserving you. I'm keeping you. I do not sleep. I do not slumber. I am watching over your life. Trust me and I will get you through this storm. Praise me because I am your helper. You see, no matter what storm you're going through today, and believe me, I know many of you are going through storms. Storms of life are part of the journey. Storms of life are what we can look, look to. You see, life is not easy. There's rugged roads along life's journey. There's glaring sun that just fries us with heat and depletes us of energy. There's the fear of darkness. But we don't know what tomorrow brings. But this is what we do know. We have a God who is faithful. He is watching us both day and by night. And he's not a God that, that not only cares about you, he's a God that can create change in your life. The words of the psalmist, he is the maker of heaven and earth. He is almighty God. He has created you. He has created me. And we can be preserved by him. Let's stand and sing together and just praise God, even in the midst of your storm. And if you want to come to this altar and just thank God, it is open. Be obedient to him today.